Welcome to the Electricians Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Russ. And I'm Jamie Small. Today on the show, we've got Lou Bishop from Icon Electrical. Lou's a mum of three teenage daughters. She's a wife and she's a mad keen surfer as well. Poor Lou had a midlife crisis at 34 and she decided that she wanted to do a mature age apprenticeship and she hasn't looked back since. Today, Lou's here to share a little bit about her story and her journey. Let's get started. G'day, Jamie. G'day, Rob. How are you? It's been a while between drinks. It has. We've got to uh, pull our finger out and do a few more podcasts, mate. What do you think? Mate, totally. I was just saying to your wife, Sue, before we did 60 last year, we've had our five or six this year. We've both been really busy doing our own thing, so time to put the foot on the gas. Yeah, absolutely. There's a whole bunch of shows lined up in the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited to be doing this one. Lou Bishop, welcome to the Electricians Co-ops podcast. It's great to have you here. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, really good. Thanks for coming on. Not a problem. So, ladies and gentlemen, Lou is dialing in from the sunny Sunshine Coast, and she's from Icon Electrical, and she's here today to tell us a little bit about her mature age apprenticeship. She's going to talk to us about what it means to be a woman in the trade industry, and we're going to hear a little bit about her story. So, why don't you kick it off, Lou, and just give us a bit of background on you, because you kicked off your electrical career a little bit later than most. Yes. Yeah, so I was in management for about 20 years and the last four of that I was in property management. So it was sort of becoming one of those careers that wasn't really going anywhere, sort of sick of dealing with people all the time. (laughs) And I'd sort of gotten to a point in my life as well that I hadn't really got a qualification or any piece of paper to show for myself really. So I just started looking into trades and a whole heap of other careers to be honest and I started speaking to the Sparky who was our electrician at the property management firm and he was actually a good friend of mine as well so and I'm sort of he's a bit older too a bit like a father figure almost and yeah sort of after talking to him he sort of pushed me in that direction said yeah you've got these qualities that'll you know make you a great electrician you should do it do it do it do it so yeah rest is history. <laughs> so Icon Electrical is a construction company, is that right? Correct. So yeah. what made, after speaking to your electrician at work, who's obviously a residential electrician, what made you go down that path? It was sort of a bit of a flick, to be honest. I, I originally did my apprenticeship with a different company and it was three months of cold calling companies and just saying, hey, will you take me on? Will you take me on? And not getting anything and it was, yeah, a bit of a battle and sort of the feedback from everyone was start your prevoke, which is your 12-week prevocational course at TAFE, which up here cancels out the first year of your apprenticeship having to go back to TAFE. So they said if you've got that under your belt, people are going to find you more attractive to, to hire. I think too, even as five years ago, it, there wasn't a lot of females in the industry as well. So for people to actually just take that leap and take yeah, that chance on having someone like myself, I think, yeah, sort of got brushed off, got brushed off. And then it was actually a very, very fluky thing that happened when I decided to do my pre-voke. My now husband proposed because he's like, yep, I'm in, I'm all in. I'm going to support you. Let's do this. Even though it was a crazy idea at the time. And one of his mates was hiring apprentices in his construction company and yeah he just randomly saw something I posted on social media he's like hey 
tell Lou to come in, drop her resume in. We need, yeah, we need one more first year to start. Tell her, yeah, come in, and then yeah, the rest is history. So it was actually quite a fluke. After three months of yeah, calling and calling and dropping my resume in at wholesalers and just, uh, you know, just I called everyone I knew, yeah. basically trying to get a yeah an apprenticeship, and then yeah, just sort of. I'm, yeah, I think it's like one of those, it's who you know, not what you know kind of sort of. So scenarios. what was your husband's initial reaction when you said, babe, I want to stop being a property <laughs> manager and start an electrical apprenticeship? Having crazy ideas is not new for me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's probably saw it coming. Yeah, poor bugger. He's been through a lot of my crazy ideas, but he's, he's the most amazing, exceptional person that I know because he took on – all of our three girls that were little at the time, he became dad mum. He became the one who ran the household in the mornings, got them off to school because I was off out early every morning. So I think having that team player on, on my side has been a massive, massive help and me being able to take this career on because I know a lot of people don't have that support or they don't have someone that will back them 100% or, you know, they're by themselves. And, yeah, I think that's been an integral part of the success of me doing what I do. Lou, can I just yeah. go back to when you were ringing the potential employees asking if they had an apprenticeship role available? Mm. What was the sort of feedback from the business owners when they knew you were female, they knew you were a bit older, you'd never done a trade before and you're looking to start an apprenticeship? <laughs> yeah, it was it was brushed off quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. no. It was no's were just the standard. So and then a few people started mentioning the prevoke. So there was another lady on the coast here who does own a business and I called her and she was the first one to say to me, actually, go do your prevoke. And then after speaking to other people, I mentioned it as well and they said, yep, do that. That'll be a lot more appealing to employers out there. But I just, yeah, the no's were pretty pretty fast straight away. Yeah, I knew it was going to be a battle, but, yeah, it was, yeah. I'm so glad you've I'm so glad you've shared that story. So thank you for sharing that as well. Because we have a lot of different people listening to this podcast. It's up and down the scale of people. You know, it's like really experienced business owners. It's companies that are listening to this, but it's also a lot of young people as well. And what you're describing is a really good reminder that if you want something and you want it bad enough, you've actually got to go after it. It doesn't just fall in your lap. It doesn't matter how old you are. If you're a 17 year old just leaving school, 18 year old just leaving school, or you're in your early 30s like you were when you kicked off your apprenticeship but just takes effort and it takes time to go out there and hustle and I'm so glad that you've shared that because if you really want something you just gotta you just gotta go for it right that's what what would you say to somebody that was thinking about going after an apprenticeship like what advice would you have for them I think anything worth doing is hard no matter what you do anything worth doing that you really want to do it's always going to be hard and it's always going to be a slog but it makes it so much better at the end it's short-term pain for long-term gain because I remember when I got back from France and I don't know if you know, Lou, I started my apprenticeship at 27 and when we got back from overseas, a few of the guys went, went into full-time roles earning, you know, 1,000, 1,200 bucks a week and I started an electrical apprenticeship earning like 400. I said, what are you doing? You're crazy. Financially, it's really hard. Yeah, yeah, it was really tough but I overtook them pretty quickly because now as a tradesman, you've got the potential to earn a lot more money than them. So looking back on that time, it was tough to start with but I supplemented my income with playing footy on the side which was handy but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do and you got to follow your passion and if that's what it is, so be it. Yeah, that's it. It's it's, And I think being more mature age when I did that, I already knew that 
life is not easy and you have to work for everything that you've got. And I think having an older work ethic as well helped me there too. So I knew, but I'm also one of those people. And if you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to prove you wrong. You're going to do it anyway. I like being told I can do something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm, I'm off. I'm off like a bullet again. Here, watch me. <laughs> so, so Lou, I just wanted to ask, you know, for the younger people that are listening and thinking about getting into a trade, especially being an electrician and whatnot, mm-hmm. how difficult was it for you? I mean, you're going from a standing start of nothing, coming from a completely different industry, now going kind of back to school to try and learn yeah. something that you don't know anything about. Did you struggle with that or was it just a bit of effort that was required to get yourself there? Tell us about that. Oh, I struggled big time. So the actual working part of it and being hands-on, I'm actually a very hands hands-on physical learner and I love that sort of stuff and but the actual TAFE part of it and I knew it was going to be a struggle for me so it had been 20 years since I'd been at school so all that sort of stuff and maths maths was never my strong suit at school ever it was terrible so knowing that I had to then become stronger in maths as well as well as sort of going back to school as such, going to TAFE with these kids that have just come out of school and I started my working career before they were even born. So it was <laughs> it was quite a challenge and there was a lot of TAFE stuff that I did struggle with. But it just, again, it was one of those things I just had to really work hard at. I had to take the extra tutoring. I had to just practice and practice and practice and focus on it and it became ended up being maths ended up becoming the easy part for me because I did work at it so much. And it's, again, one of those things I just knew I had to work. And being a female as well, I didn't want to fail because I was just, you always have that in your back of your mind. They're like, oh, I told you so. Told you you couldn't do it. I told you so. You've always got that little driver in the back of your head. You don't want to be the one that fails, A, because you're a girl and B, because you're older. But yeah, it's just it, that I think that always kept me going and motivated. Even I, I had blocks of TAFE where I was in tears. I just couldn't get my head around it, or you know, I was really struggling. So it was just I just had to knuckle down and do it. And again, just the stubbornness in me. But anyone that is struggling, there is help. They give you the tutoring. You can seek tutoring. There's so many more resources out there now too. Even since when I started. So the guys going through Capstone now, which is your qualification exams, they've got so many more resources than what we had as well. So, and that's just, you know, just over 12 months ago. So anything is possible if you want to work hard for it. You can't just expect it just to land on your lap. You have to work hard for it. But at the end of the day, once you get through all of that, that hard stuff, you get to do the fun stuff. So you get to do the hands-on stuff and yeah, I enjoy it. I love it, but I'm glad I went through all of that. But my God, it was hard. <laughs> and you were saying before the show, Lou, you're now a leading hand one year out of your trade. That's pretty impressive. So how'd you get to that role so quickly? I think having a background in management helped. And I think being a mature age worker also helps as well. So again, I come from the generation of you work your butt off, you respect your managers, all those sorts of things. So I think my work ethic crossed with a bit of life experience and management even though I left management to become a tradie I've ended up full circle back again (laughs) in part management again so I think yeah it just sort of ended up being there and I sort of ended up I think just being myself who I'm a bit of a motherly figure as well on site I always sort of seem to take charge or 
take over a little bit. <laughs> so I think it's sort of that natural progression for me to be in that management organisational role anyway. I just, I think it's a female thing too. I'm a lot more organised, I think, sometimes than oh, here we some go. boys are. Here we go. Right. <laughs> you got to give her that. It's true. My next question was how do the, the Sparkies on site who have probably been in the game a lot longer than you take well, direction from? It's quite funny actually. Recently I had, well, before I changed companies, I actually worked with one of the uh, older guys that had been one of my tradesmen during my apprenticeship and he'd been in the company for 30 years. It's been a sparky forever. And he was in commercial construction and I was doing housing construction and he came over to help me and he, there was something that he hadn't done for a few years. He was like, Lou, I'm going to have to ask you this. Don't <laughs> me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> having the tables dead. <laughs> but <laughs> they're actually pretty good. And I just think, I think I just talk to people normally. I don't, I think, again, being older with a lot more life experience, I don't – I forget sometimes that, you know, I'm a little less experienced. I see myself as an equal with everybody, so sometimes I forget that I stand out and, yeah, so it's – yeah, the guys are pretty good. That's the thing. I, I, if, I'm also one of those people that I will ask the questions as well. I don't know everything and I know that I don't know everything, so I will ask the questions and I'll – yeah, I'm not around parading like I know everything. Yeah, so. no one likes to know it all. Hey. No, and that's the thing. With <laughs> I know everything. As well. <laughs> well, as I say, there's, there's some, in our industry, there's so many realms of stuff that, you know, you, not one person knows it all. And it's, I find it's always a collaborative effort too between a lot of the tradesmen. So, yeah. It's important to ask questions and you pull your guard down, I suppose, when you do ask questions that you are vulnerable, mm. but... There's often times at the wholesaler when I'll say to another spy, how do you why this or how do you do that? And they're like, oh, yeah, cool, they're happy to help me. Whereas most yeah. people just assume you can do everything, but I, I, I certainly don't know everything and I'm happy to ask, you know, so. Yeah, yeah I've like my entire apprenticeship as well. Like, I'm one of those people that will ask the questions and I find sometimes with the younger guys, they, and girls, they sort of think, oh, I'm expected to know everything and they won't ask the questions and they will stuff it up two or three times and then wonder why the leading hands yelling at them and so well you've got to ask the questions don't be afraid to ask the questions you're only going to learn but no one expects you to know everything and that's one thing I even try to tell my apprentices now is there's no such thing as a dumb question I would rather you ask me a hundred questions than get it wrong and then we all have to go back and do it all over again and do it twice so that's definitely something that I encourage with my guys and yeah I think I'd encourage it everyone just ask the questions yeah yeah, that's really great advice. Lou, thank you for sharing that part of your story. Let's take a little break and we'll be right back. Well, Lou, it sounds like you've had a huge amount of experience there on the front end of your electrical career and you're tracking in the right direction for a management role here. We've done a couple of podcasts recently with the folks at Clipsal and there was some great progression from the being the apprentice into the actual trade and then into some proper management roles as well. What do you see for yourself? Do you see yourself on the tools for a little while longer? What are you thinking about doing? I definitely enjoy being on the tools more. And like I said before, I left management to become a trader. That will so. fade away. It <laughs> <laughs> was a loaded question. Everyone listening going, oh, she's going to lose interest in that. <laughs> oh, look, I, it's definitely, it's not always rainbows and unicorns for sure, you know. it's. But I, I really do enjoy being on the tools. And even sometimes when 
I have my leading hand management days, I get a bit like, oh, I just, I just want to pick up a tool. I'm sick of being on the iPad or sick of doing this and sick of making the phone calls. I just want to get back and do it. And I know I'm still early in my trade, technically, you know, I'm only five years in. So, but I think at the moment I'm still quite happy learning. I've still got a lot to learn and I understand that as well. There's probably, you know, another good five years, I think, of me learning you know, before I can even sort of consider where I go from there. So sort of project management isn't on my radar. It's not something I, I think I would enjoy. I have had an idea in the back of my head for an all-girl crew down the track, especially myself being 40 this year. I know that my body is only limited, you know, for so many years as well. So if I can set up a company down the track and think of my future, have a team of girls that are specialised in sort of going to, you know, sort of single mums, older ladies, all those sorts of places that sometimes women feel a little bit uncomfortable having men in their house. I know there's also a lot of support from women that only want to hire women because they want to support that, which is fantastic. And that's be- that's becoming a real big thing, especially here on Sunshine Coast, which is so cool. But again, I have a lot to learn before I do that. And yeah, it's I have to do my contractor's license. I have to do all that sort of stuff. So there's branches there of things I'd like to do, but this at this point, I'm still very happy just learning because, yeah, I do have a lot to learn still. Which, yeah, yeah, we used to have a female apprentice for three years early on back when I first started and her name was Jodie. She became like a little sister to me. And it was funny what you said about the women fe- feeling more comfortable around women. The, the the women on the jobs that we went to always gravitated towards Jodie and they always asked Jodie, oh, what do you think? What do you think? You know, so it's really good having a female in your crew and like I said, she became like a little sister to us and we were very protective. I was initially really worried about how the guys would react to her on site mm-hmm. and I sort of said to her, I said, listen, you're in a male-dominated industry now you got to be aware that you're going to hear some stuff that you probably wouldn't hear in the <laughs> office. But it was funny, like everyone was almost like showing off trying to impress her. So everyone's on their best behaviour, you know, using please and thank yous and offering to help and probably getting, <laughs> well, got it, getting a lot more help than we ever got. So, yeah, she was a huge asset and we, we stay in touch now and she went, went on to do work in the, the tunnels. But, yeah, she was yeah. excellent and we had actually a female trial the other day and that didn't sort of work out, but... Yeah, I'd definitely be looking for another female. And an all-female crew sounds very lucrative. (laughs) Maybe I could run that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I have been told from the blokes on site as well that it's actually sometimes really nice having a female because it actually lowers the testosterone a little bit and there's a lot less, yeah, chest beating going on. And like you were saying before, the the client as well. I know when I was in housing construction and we'd have a client walk through and the wife – would be wanting, she, you know, her say on how she would like lighting design or something. And then, again, yeah, they would gravitate to me. But there was also a way I'd take a different approach to say, well, this is my house and this is how it, I would function. This is what I would want. And I'd go, oh, yes, finally someone's listening to yeah. me. <laughs> I said, but that's the thing. I, I, it's just that different perspective, I guess. And, yeah, so it, it is there, – there is value there definitely. And, yeah, I think we definitely bring a lot of good – to the side as well but yeah I enjoy it and I think too as a female you're in control of how the guys on site treat you so I think from my perspective I've always just let my work and my you know my work speak for itself so you know just work my butt off I use I communicate really well I just talk to the boys as if you know they're my brothers or whatever or you know it's just I think the way you conduct yourself the way you hold yourself the way you communicate with people 
has a lot of impact on how you are treated on site. And I also have a pretty good resting bitch face, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Lou, that one line you used before, which is such a good selling tool, always say to your clients, if this was my house, this is what, I, what I'd do. People yeah. love hearing that. So the more, anyone out there listening that's looking to sell something, if you can use that line, it works. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, one of the things I use in sales all the time is like, look, man, I don't want to tell you how to do it, but if I was you, this is how I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not me, pal. You look nothing like me. You don't sound anything like me either. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, Lou, I wanted to ask you because you kind of, as you, you mentioned before there, you came full circle. You went from a management role back to an apprenticeship and then you come full circle and now you're as the leading hand. I wanted to ask you, for the other leading hands that are out there, for the other business owners that are out there, do you have one or two tips about leadership or management that you can use? I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit there where you said that you talk to the boys on site like they're your brothers, you treat them with respect and you're doing all those sorts of things. But how do you be more effective as a leader and as a leading hand? What are some of the tips that you would share? Communication. Communication is a massive, massive, massive thing. So also setting the tone for what you expect out of your crew as well. So I always lay out the expectations. I lay out exactly what I want from them. I make it very clear at how approachable I am. So like I said before, I would rather someone come to me with 100 questions instead of sort of doing something that's irreparable or you know, a massive stuff up and then takes more time and money to have to go back and fix up again. And then, yeah, communication, being open, treating everybody with respect. And also sometimes I think the maternal side of me picks up on a few things that sometimes the blokes don't pick up on. So just say there'll be a young apprentice that sort of doesn't fit in with everybody else and the click that's going on. So sometimes just talking to that person one-on-one will bring them out of their shell and just sort of finding out who they who they are as a person. And this has happened, you know, a couple of times in since I've even when as a fellow apprentice to another apprentice, I've sort of given some of the time of day and then got better, got the best out of that person. And then they've just become a great worker in the end. So I think that, yeah, that leadership side of things, you just have to become a bit more human to them as well, more approachable. Not so much, I'm your boss, you have to do everything I say. And even sometimes just having a collaborative effort between everybody or asking their, their opinion on something just so they feel like they actually are a valued member of that team. And then you're always going to get that better work out of everybody, I think, yeah. yeah. I think that's important, bringing them into being part of the decisions made rather than telling people what to do. I think it's important to ask people to do things rather than tell them and even say to them, what do you think? Do you think there's a better way to do it? And be open to or and willing to be flexible with your decisions because, like you said, Lou, people do feel more important when they're made part of the decisions. So by asking those simple questions and relaying the questions in a certain way definitely makes them feel that way. Yeah, 100%. So, and even when I ask somebody to do something, I will explain to them why and then ask them the question. So, do you understand why I've asked you to do it that way? Or do you understand why we do it this way? And then just gets them thinking as well. It's like, they haven't just been barked in order. They're not just, you know, someone at the bottom of the food chain that just has to do all the crappy jobs. <laughs> it sounds like you've had plenty of experience in this negotiating with your children. <laughs> that's where yeah, this is coming from. <laughs> I've got three teenage daughters. Oh, really? Far <laughs> out. PhD in terrorist negotiations. <laughs> so now that mum's a tradesman, is that something you think they'll do? I don't think 
think so. No, they've all got their own sort of personalities. They do, however, have that mindset as I can do whatever I want. Whatever it is I want to do, I can do it. And that's what I wanted them to take from it. And I don't ever want them to think that they can't do something. Because so, so what have you done specifically to make them think like that or it's just a series of things over time? Just as it's over time and just showing them that as well and then talking to them about what I do and how my day was and sort of that was the whole reason behind my actual starting my Instagram page when they were little. It's hard to explain to little girls what I was doing every day so I'd show them pictures of what I was doing every day and so they could understand and then as they get older now as well and they talk to other people and they mention, oh, mum's an electrician, they're like, oh, that's so cool and rah, rah, rah. And it's a conversation starter as well. And, yeah, they see what I deal with every day. They see how hard I work. They see that all the obstacles I had to go through as well. So for them it's just, and I tell them every day, it doesn't matter who you are or what you do. A, do what makes you happy. And B, don't tell anyone don't let don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it because you'll find a way. Yeah. That's things. And there's stuff at work that, you know, yes, I might find it more difficult than the other guys, but I just find a better way. I just find a better <laughs> way to do it. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, no, you don't. <laughs> like I said, don't tell me I can't do something. <laughs> I love it. Hey hey Lou, how do you how do you balance the the challenge of working and managing a family like that. That's something that we all face. It doesn't matter what job that we have. What, what do you do to make sure you've got some sort of balance there or is there no balance? You just kind of work really hard and then pick it up on the weekend. What do you do? I think it's 100 miles an hour. If I stop, stuff's going to fall apart. <laughs> some weeks are worse than others. But like I said, having my husband who's really good team member there, he just, yeah, wherever I'm really struggling or – I can't pick up the slack he does and it's just sort of one of those things and no resentment's ever held there, which is fantastic. So I have to keep my mental health good as well. So if I'm happy, I'm a better mum, I'm a better worker, I'm a better employee. So balancing that with it's like my surfing, my exercise, wine, <laughs> lots of wine. <laughs> and does your husband work as well? Yeah, he, he full-time at, at the uni, so he yeah, right. works, yeah, there. So, yeah, we're both full-time and then, yeah, having the girls, of course, with having sport and everything else going on, it's sort of, I always say that at work, everyone's like, oh, going home for a few frothies tonight. I'm like, no, mate, hard hat comes off, mum hat goes on. I <laughs> I work from 6am till 9pm. I don't have, I don't stop. I just have to go to a different job and it's just just what we do. And then, yeah, weekends, yeah, it would be, that's that time to regroup. Saturdays is mum's surf mornings. She has to go for a surf. It's non-negotiable. Nothing gets in the way. And if mum gets her surf and her coffee, everyone survives. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. You you have some non-negotiables as well, Jamie, right? Because you're home every day for you to for you pick up yeah, your kids yeah, and to be yeah, there as well. That's yeah, um, such an important thing. Home every night. I've, I don't remember the last time I've missed putting my kids to bed. We've got this secret handshake that we do with my kids uh-huh. every night before yeah. bed. And even if for whatever reason they're having a sleepover at a mate's house, we'll do it twice the day after or the day before to make up for that one day. But... Your family comes first to me and like you said, they're my non-negotiables and work is a second, play second fiddle to that. So sometimes it's hard when people need you, you're getting pulled left, right and centre, but you do what you got to do and you just got to try and fit working with family life rather than family life in with work. Yeah, and that's, it's really important to have. And I think it's an eternal balance. It's never, no one's ever got that balance sorted out all the time and it's just, it's always that juggle 
But at the same time, if you put your kids first, and that was one of the reasons why I changed companies as well, because I was finding the role that I was previously in, I wasn't getting that balance. And to me, yeah, kids, that they're my number one. So, you know, yes, I have to work to live, but at the same time, they're my number one priority. And I know I'm not going to be the best employee either if I'm not balancing my home life at the same time. So, Yes, it's always a balance and, yes, we're always go, go, go here, but also to having older kids now and they're used to that routine, have it's a lot easier as well. So, yeah, but when they were littler, yeah, it was a big shake-up for the whole family, especially, yeah, not having mum home in the mornings, you know. it's But, yeah, routine is a big one. Like you say, your handshakes, it's, yeah, it's like I non-negotiables. I always drop my daughter off at footy on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it's the non-negotiables. I have to be home for that. So they're the days I don't do the OT because I don't want to let her down on those days. So, yeah, having those non-negotiables and putting your kids first just so they know that they're important, I think it's really important as well. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, Lou, and thank you for sharing that. It's a great reminder that family comes before everything else and that should be our absolute number one priority. I want to shift gears here a little bit as we uh, come towards the end of the podcast here. And Jamie and I, right at the very start of our little podcasting journey, we used to do a whole bunch of rapid fire questions with our guests, which was kind of fun. So we've got three quick rapid fire questions for you here. And the idea of this is just tell us the first thing that comes to mind. So here's the first one. If you knew what you know now, back when you started your electrical apprenticeship, what would you do differently? Oh, not a lot, to be honest. I No regrets there. No regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> would you have done it earlier? I went in 100% and I knew it was going to be hard and I had no, I wasn't just, I didn't have any fantasies of what it'd be like. So I think I was pretty well prepared. I'm glad I did a mature age. I'm glad I didn't do it younger. Oh, that's, wow. there, there you go. Yeah, Did I mean, you so, wish you'd done yours younger? <laughs> no. My attitude was not ready for a relationship <laughs> when I was 18. <laughs> not for a real job, man. Not for a real yeah, job. Nah. <laughs> uh, what's your superpower as a sparky, Lou? Oh, the superpower. Goodness. Being a proactive thinker, I always look ahead. Nice one. Yeah. Nice one. If you could have a real superpower, what would it be? Oh, Jeez. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's surviving on six hours sleep without feeling tired. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. Be not, have, not needing to sleep. Not needing to sleep. We haven't had that before, but that's actually pretty That's cool. actually a really good one. Imagine how much more you get done. Everything, man. Oh, Everything. Man. So much. <laughs> oh, wow. That's cool. Good one. Well, right. Actually, the most popular one is invisibility, isn't it? People just want to disappear. Everyone man. just wants to be invisible. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you can't even do that as a mum. I think even if I was invisible, someone would find me. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's take a little break, folks, and we'll close this one out. Well, Lou, thanks so much for spending some time with Jamie and I here on the Electrician's Cult podcast. I wanted to give you the opportunity, as I do with all the guests towards the end of the show here, to add anything that maybe you left out. Are there any parting comments or closing thoughts that you have for us here? I think I just want to sort of express it. And if you have something that you want to do, just go do it. If you're a mum, if you're a girl, if you think that it's, going to be hard yes it is going to be hard but you can achieve anything you want you really can if you want to put that work in 
us women out there, we're doing really great things. So if you can find that place in the world where you fit, go do it. Just do it. I love it. Really, really well said. And if people wanted to connect with you, Lou, what would be the best way to do that? I have an Instagram page, Life Done by Sparky Lou. I've got a few bits and pieces up there. I sort of do the highs and the lows of all the journey that I'm on, what I go through every week. And again, like I said, just trying to balance it all. So, and it shows that I'm not perfect and no one is, but yeah, people can jump on there if they want to follow the follow the craziness that is my life. <laughs> awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the details to lose Instagram will be right there. Jamie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way? At Probe Electrical on Instagram. My Facebook page has been taken down. So. <laughs> what, what are you putting on there? You, you no, get censored? No, no, no. I got the shits with Facebook and deleted Facebook altogether, but I didn't realise it deleted my business page as well. So oh, I'm no. trying to... We emailed Zuckerberg the other day trying to get it back, but no luck. So I'm only on Instagram at the moment. Just the Instagrams, all good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to connect with me, reach out via rob.brus77 and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you've got. Jamie, do you have a, a parting comment, a final piece of wisdom for the podcast today? You must have something. Come on, put your phone down and come up with something off the cuff for us, mate, for a change. Uh, okay, uh, let me think, let me think. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. See, that was just like off the cuff and it was beautifully done. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Hey, Lou, thanks so much for joining us on the show. We look forward to catching up with you again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye for now. See you, Rob. See, See you, Lou. Bye, Lou. See ya. Let's party on.